0: Hello and welcome to AutoLine Detroit, coming to you from the floor of the 2010 Detroit Auto Show in Cobo Hall. I've been all over the show checking out all the new production cars and concept cars, as well as interviewing a lot of executives in this industry, and I'd like to share some of those interviews with you today. So, coming up includes Jim Farley, the head of global marketing at the Ford Motor Company, and who also has a new job that we'll get him to talk about,
1: so I'm running the business in Latin America and Canada and Mexico too, which first time for me to have responsibility. Operations. Yeah, so engineering, government affairs, purchasing, manufacturing. It's all the ugly stuff and I had to deal I'd never had to deal with before. <laughs> we got a lot to get
0: into, so don't go away. We'll be back right after this..
1: Are you wasting time surfing the web looking for that special gift? Why not shop where the auto industry does? Turn to the AutoLine website, click on the store, and you'll find a treasure trove of John McElroy-endorsed products. Remember to go to AutoLineDetroit.tv for that inspired gift choice. From the North American International Auto Show in downtown Detroit, Michigan, here now is John McElroy.
0: Joining me right now is Jim Farley, and I, I want to say you're the head of all sales, sales and marketing at Ford, yeah. but they've given you more responsibility <laughs> since we last
1: talked here. I guess they're trying to show this one trick pony can do more than sell and market stuff, so I'm running the business in Latin America and Canada and Mexico too, which first time for me to have responsibility. Operations. Yeah, so engineering, government affairs, purchasing, manufacturing, it's all the ugly stuff I had a deal I'd never had to deal with before. <laughs> but how do you like it so far? It's uh I love it actually, but it's it makes decisions a lot more complicated when you have to think across function. When I was a sales guy, I didn't care about complexity. The more the better. <laughs> but now when I see, you know, the wiring loons on the assembly line or talking to the to the suppliers about complexity, now it's like, Oh. Um, you know, our bazillion operations is especially important for us. We've made money there twenty three quarters of the row. I know row. It. unreal. So a lot of people talk about, you know, kind of the failed business model of Detroit, but when you look at Ford, which is kind of a different company, our Brazil, our South America operation has been profitable for many, 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 many years now, and uh, they are serving as an engineering hotspot for us for global cars below Fiesta. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not only a fun business because it's very profitable, but. It's really a strategically important business from an engineering standpoint. It's not just what we do here in Dearborn or China, it's actually what's happening in Brazil.
0: Yeah, in fact, a couple of months ago I was down at Comissary. Oh, you were? Yeah, and uh, I knew that it was a manufacturing operation. I didn't realize how much design and engineering was taking place there too. Really impressive. Hey, well here, let's talk Detroit Auto Show. I'm saying so far it looks like Ford has stolen the show. You you swept North American car and truck of the year, you unveiled uh, the new Focus great way for you guys to start the show.
1: I think it's, I think it's wonderful. I'm most pleased that our products are being received uh, as credible uh, products that people want. I mean, John, in our business, that's kind of the heart and soul of it. I don't know how many car guys are left in our business, and there's a few at, at you know, a few in, at Ford that are really making a difference. And Derek's vision starting to come out now.
0: Garrett Kusak, yes. the guy who runs all product development, yeah, he right? He
1: is really wonderful, incredibly competent engineer, and he has a very specific take. Our DNA uh, is unique. It's, uh, we don't want to build focuses for everyone. Our cars are going to be fun to drive. Some people don't want that. Um, and uh, I think that's what makes us a little different as a company, and we're really excited about Focus. Obviously, it's the, it's the true manifestation of one Ford right here at Detroit.
0: What are you doing to get sales going? You guys had a great December. I mean, what a way to cap the year. A terrible year in many regards. But you ended up gaining market share. And a lot of others are are trying to sell cars, too. What have you guys done differently that really seemed to come together last month?
1: Well, I think not only last month, the whole year. You know, this is the first time in 14 years we've grown market share in the U.S. And more importantly than growing market share, which was never our business plan, it's that people are buying nicer Fords you're
0: getting more money per car
1: yes in fact through the third quarter you can see our pricing is almost four billion dollars up year over year and uh, it, it eradicated almost all the downturn in the markets globally as our pricing power so our products seem to be well received what we did in december i think was the same we did all year round i mean we talked about ford at, at ford you know there are a lot of success stories in the u.s. like hyundai who who did a lot of great stuff with new product and new marketing campaigns our taste for our message is a little different. We're not about you know this marketing campaign or that. It's about fall in love with Ford again. Give us a try again. Rediscover Ford. There's so much goodwill, and now we have credible products. That unlocking that trip from um, goodwill to consumer, you know, shopping the brand has been a lot easier in '09. That, that's that's how we grew, and we made the conscious choice. As more people shopped our brand, which we immediately saw from last spring on, um, we made the conscious choice to not uh, dramatically take advantage of our share, a balanced approach between share and better content in our product. And it shows up now in a resale value. Our resale value is up about $1,300 year over year.
0: How do you do that, of getting more money per car? I mean, up until certainly... The beginning of 2009, everything had to be yes. massively yes. incentivized. Yes. Looks to me like you've really throttled back on your incentives. Is that we the have.
1: case? Yes, we have. We uh, we decelerated our incentives. You know, on average, around $1,500 year over year. Our resale value now is up $1,300. In fact, we're within a couple hundred dollars of the Toyota brand, and in some cases, like Fusion. Uh, our three-year resale value for F- Fusion is much better than Camry, which most people would never think. I never knew that. Yeah, no, no, no one would think, and we're starting to get new commercial accounts. Uh, you know, the drug companies, because the acquisition cost for Fusions lower, better gas mileage and better resale value um, so, to some of the premium brands like Toyota and, and Honda. I think the key for us is the new products. When you look at the drivers for our pricing power, whether it's in Europe with Ka or Fiesta or Fiesta in, in Asia or in the US with uh, F-150, Taurus, Flex, it all came from the same basic components. One is more standard specifications on the newer products, make the newer products you know more attractive, add some safety equipment, uh, better powertrains, that's one thing. Second one is Create high-end versions of your product that people want to stretch to. Not everyone, but a small group. And we've seen the success of the uh, Taurus SHO. We've seen the success of the uh, hybrid fusion. Uh, The same with the platinum uh, pickup truck. It's all kind of the same uh, thing. So putting those three things together has allowed us to decelerate our incentives.
0: Talk a little bit about the, the new cars in the lineup. I mean, you've got Fiesta, yep. which is, you know, was in this market 30, 35 years ago, but it's back now. You unveiled the new Fusion, or the, the new Focus, which looks sensational in my book, especially the the five-door. Yep. I think that looks yep. just dynamite. And then uh, in another year or two, you'll have a, a new Fusion coming. What's going to happen with pricing? I can't believe that the the focus that you unveiled today is going to be priced where today's focus is.
1: Yeah, well, it's a great question. Uh, I think all you have to do is look to Fiesta. We've launched uh, Fiesta pricing already. Oh, what uh, is that? Uh, it starts at thirteen nine. Thirteen uh, nine. That's pretty aggressive. No, I think I think it's appropriate. You know, when you look at competitively, that's about what what our competitors are pricing. You know, we don't have the stripped-down versions of Fiesta anymore with uh, non-color-key bumpers and this, you know, steel wheels and no wheel covers. We're out of that business. Cheap and cheerful. We're out of that business. So our starting price is a real car for someone who really wants to buy something they want to buy, not something that's used for advertising. But uh, then we go, you know, over, you know, close to over twenty thousand dollars with the, the real high-end versions of Fiesta with you know, blind spot monitor, all the good stuff. And uh, we learned that uh, from our experience in Europe. Uh, all you have to do is kind of look at that model. We'll be very competitive in the volume areas. A lot of people don't realize that our acquisition costs, we're still, you know, traditionally been a discount brain in the US, so us moving up in price doesn't necessarily mean that we're a premium to other manufacturers. In fact, we're still a discount to Honda and Toyota. You know, with more equipment, better fuel economy, and that's why Fusion has been so popular that our commercial customers, not only the retail customers. We sold 180,000 Fusions, much more than we expected, um, and a lot of the growth has also come in those commercial customers. They're kind of the canary in the coal mine. When you have better value, they flip first. Uh, then the retail customers also come, not not rental. I'm talking about people who have a fleet of two, three, four, five hundred vehicles for their sales reps. And they're going to turn that fleet in another two, three years. And uh, they're very practical on fuel economy, resale value. So I think the Fiesta business model of you know very competitive pricing in our volume series and entry series, and then extend the lineup. I think Civic is probably the poster child of doing that in the C segment. And I think we'll be very similar in terms of um, approach on the Focus.
0: Mm-hmm. Very interesting. You know, Ford talks in terms of one Ford, and you mentioned it yourself. I mean, here we've got the Fusion that uh, essentially, or the the Focus, same as what Europe's going to have, same as what the rest of the world's going to have, same with the Fiesta. What about from a marketing standpoint? And my understanding is now you're trying to craft advertising and marketing that sort of is the same on a global basis. Is that right?
1: Uh, Actually, it's a little different than that. You know, in the past, the advertising campaigns, the marketing, the PR, uh, varied based on company borders. You know, we would have an operation, and they just wanted it different. And and the last time we launched, all of our focuses. You add up the number of campaigns around the world. There's more than 20. About 10% of anyone's budget to launch a product is production, and that's waste because that's stuff that doesn't. Customers don't see the cost of producing an ad, an internet video, a print ad, a brochure. So you want to minimize that non-customer-facing spend. And what we try to do is work on diver- uh, the divergence of how many uh, you know, uh, campaigns we need based on customer variance, not necessarily the borders of the company anymore. We think we can get that down to four or five. So it's not a one-size-fits-all, but it is certainly less than 20. And we're talking about tens of millions of dollars that if you can cut, you can invest that in a social media, you can invest that in more advertising. So it's not like
0: you're, you're cutting that and saying to no, no, the we're company, actually, the, the finance guys, yep. here's some money back. No, not no, no. Doing actually,
1: that. what we're trying to do, because we're in a growth phase, we're growing actually around the world, our, our challenge is as we come out with all these new products, how do you have enough budget funded on the operations years ago where they had a certain revenue level to invest in the advertising, promotion of these new products? You know, last year everyone in the US thought we had a lot of new products. We're going to have five times the volume of new products and ten is nine. How do you find the budget to launch that scale of new product? It's, and so the way we're trying to do that is cut the divergence of production, cut the production budget based on uh, the uniqueness of the customer. We may find that the customers in China and the US actually visually want the same kind of video. Um, so let 's produce one video asset instead of two, and we 're taking that you know blowing it up around the world and uh, it 's a bottom up approach it 's not a one size fits all it 's kind of interesting. It requires you to start two years early and it's a lot of man hours like painting your house. It takes a long time <laughs> to do, but but you have been there. at it
0: for two years, Yeah, or actually just we it? have. got okay. there. And it's starting to pay there. off, is it?
1: Yes, it is. Focus is kind of our first. We best practice Fiesta. So we took the best practice of the world because Fiesta was launched in sequence around the world. For example, the Fiesta movement we did here with 100 European cars, we gave them to people, they drove around, uh, talked about it on social media. That actually came from China. That idea came from the launch of Fiesta in China. So we're combining kind of best practice sharing with the more efficient production of our advertising and promotion, and then investing the savings and efficiency into customer-facing media so we can get the word out on the new products. That's kind of our new approach. We have been working for a couple of years on it. It's now just coming to fruition.
0: How excited to yeah. see that all come into place. Hey, let's go back to the product again and, and focus on Good. the Transit Connect Good. because yeah. I think that uh, Caught a lot of people by surprise that that won North American yeah. Truck of the Year. Yep. I'm on the jury. I yep. voted for it, yep. too. Yep. But uh, what do you make of this vehicle? I mean, it doesn't look like anything else out on the market. And I'm just wondering, is there an opportunity to take advantage of here?
1: Oh, I think. Uh, all, actually, when I was at, even at Toyota, I saw Transit Connect as like, that's smart. Because... You know, the one thing that we get really rewarded for in our business is being first to market with a new silhouette. You know, whether it was the first RX, the first, you know, Explorer, the you know, Taurus. When you get to a point where people look at your product and say, there's nothing else like that, you're in a really good situation in our business. And um, we saw with fuel prices escalation, a growing need with people moving into the city now. I mean, the Chicagos, all the cities are really growing. And um, people are moving back, even boomers are moving back to the city for the vibrance of life. And there's got to be a way to move packages around and goods around that's more efficient than an E-Series Econoline van. And, uh, and a pickup truck doesn't work either. And we started hearing from our small business clients, why don't you just bring that Transit Connect thing from Europe here? It's got all that cubic space, it gets great fuel economy, and for me, I need maneuverability. It's not just... The gas mile—it's also like, how do I park? How do I get around? And uh, the Transit Connect was kind of waiting there, going, "Hello, I'm <laughs> over here in Europe," <laughs> and we had to find a way to uh, make it commercially attractive. So, you know, we've been importing from Turkey, and the quality's been fantastic. The reception—I think it may be one of the highest appeal scores of any vehicle because the customers we talk to, owner are like, "Wow." And, you know, what's funny, we've had a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people um, come back and buy seconds and thirds where they said, Of you the know, Transit Connect? Yeah, already. Really? And it's only been in the market for less than a year. We've had people come back and say, I, I got one, you know, just to see how it is, and we want to buy another 50, okay. <laughs> um, we haven't spent a lot of money marketing in mass media. But we have started to see some personally used customers, too. And I think when you look at the large van market or the pickup truck market, every product in the US, even the early SUVs that were intended for commercial users, wind up flipping over a retail customer. Because the customer sees the practicality and the acquisition cost, too. And I think we're starting to see that. And actually, it's really impacting our thinking about the next Transit Connect that personally used customer. Well,
0: I, I think so. I, I think you could have a, a big hit on your hands. I think with uh, EcoBoost and a six-speed yeah. automatic yes. transmission yes. and a nicerly, uh, yeah. <laughs> a more nicely appointed interior, interior you'd be right. off to the races with that. And that's
1: exactly where we're thinking. And, and you know, John, that's exactly the feedback we've gotten from people. We've been showing at the auto shows and a lot of people know well, that's what makes the US a little different. We have 50 million people that come to auto shows every year. And they've been giving us feedback on Transit Connect all last year because we had the auto show. And that's exactly what they said hey, could you make, you know, replace the, you know, put some carpeting, a nicer rear seat? Could you get some storage, cool storage stuff with all the headroom? Um, and I'd love to buy it because I'm a woodworker, I'm a, I have a band, I, I uh, paint. Uh, I have remote control planes, whatever. So, has this
0: caught you guys by surprise? It Not has. you. I mean, yeah. you were you saying even when you were still at Toyota, yeah. you saw I that think, this had potential. I think
1: the. Um, to be honest, Derek was the chief engineer of Transit Connect. Oh, was he really? Yeah, that so, explains a lot. So, <laughs> Derek and I were kind of like uh, when I first got the Ford. I I winked at him. He winked at me, and we knew kind of this was going to go places. And. You know, the good thing about our business is, it's not always about focus groups and clinics. No. Sometimes you have to use your judgment. You bet. And uh, the creativity of our engineers and looking at something that works somewhere else and bringing it here at the right time, you know, maybe three years ago wouldn't have worked. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, it's, so far the reaction has been very, very positive. And I, and I measure the reaction not just on our sales, but what, how the people, people think about when they buy Transconnect and what do they say to their neighbors? And I would say Transit Connect is as cool for the people who own it as Mustang is. You know, they're they're really telling the they're advocates for the product.
0: Yeah. Hey, one last topic we got to get into this uh, My Ford Touch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And there's going to be a My Lincoln. Yep. And I got to believe My Mercury at some point too. Tell us a little bit about that because it seems like this. This technology that falls into the connected car yep yep you know we used to call it telematics yep, but I yep, guess yep. connected car is the is this term right now it seems to be one of the hottest that. things that's going good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> connected
1: car that's a lot yeah. easier to send in telematics yeah right to a customer well I think you know we saw the luxury brands go through this first and the German manufacturers kind of took it with buttons and dials and you know we, as an industry we learn a lot from that And then it was like a delay period until it hit the mainstream brands. And Ford, recently I think customers have seen us really accelerate in-car technology. I mean, we have, whether it's sync or blind spot monitor or or the backup camera and navigation system, we've invested our Sony, we've invested a lot very quickly in in-car technology, so it's kind of natural that Ford had a struggle with this first. What do you do with all this information? Mm-hmm. And is it? And our take after we learned from uh, from the electronics industry is customers told us, you know, I love my interfaces on my iPhone, and but when I get in my car, I feel like I went backwards 15 years, and I don't want it to be buttons and knobs that are not intuitive. I want it to be something like personal electronics. And Derek and their team, you know, and the team really took that to heart and. We we tried to make something that's very intuitive. So whether you adjust the heat, you know the heat uh, of your seat, or you know your song, or uh, who you're going to talk to, or customize your phone list, you want it to all be very intuitive, like your personal electronics. Be beautiful to look at because it should be something you should show your friends, and also um, it should um, it shouldn't be uh, too complicated. Um, and the other thing that was really key for us uh, is um, we, we want it to be an experience we w- we don't want it to just be an electronic version of a uh, of a knob and you'll see that when you play with it, John because you know, you push a button, it kind of goes away like a, like hitting a, a pebble on a water. It's, it's very cool, you know, very cool design. And it's hard in our industry to find people who know how to do that. They're in the personal electronics industry, mm-hmm. but they aren't in car companies. Mm-hmm. And we've had to hire a whole new group of designers and, um, and electronic engineers to kind of design the system for us. And I, I think you're going to see this all from every manufacturer. It's just natural coming from Ford first.
0: Well I love, I think it's the MKX, Yes. there's yes. not a knob on the center no. stack at all, no. it's no. all touch, yes. and you know, uh, increase fan speed just by exactly. sliding your finger yep. or the volume on yep. the, the sound system.
1: And also the voice, and I think we've been thinking a lot about distracted driving, which obviously is a huge topic for the industry, but voice is also, the integration of using your hand and your voice is going to become very important, because it's not all or nothing, it's both. And uh, we've learned a lot about voice from Sync. We've learned a lot from hand from what we've seen on other luxury manufacturers. We're kind of putting all that together in my Ford. Mm-hmm.
0: And this has got to be a, a great sales tool. I mean, it's it yet is. another thing for you guys to yeah. be able to sell.
1: Yes, and and also you know um, it's going to be key differentiator because a lot of people would say you know a Focus that's a commodity segment. What makes your Focus different than a you know than a Civic? You get in one and start messing with our our HMI and you start feeling that my Ford it feels totally different it's not just the driving dynamics our DNA that makes our cars different part of it is going to be not only how much technology you have access to but also how you interact with it that is very intentional from us and we think it's going to be a big differentiator in segments that people have kind of thought of as commodity segments.
0: Well one thing that I love is the interface that you guys use and I know there's a term for it but I can't Uh think of it. You know you got the four buttons and hit just like on an iPod, you know the circle with the arrows and and you're using that on the
1: steering wheel to control things because you found
0: that is the simplest way of, people get it, you don't have to
1: explain it to them. Exactly, it's intuitive without a manual I mean and that's We've been hanging a lot out at CES, and we've learned a lot over the last couple of years. <laughs> Frankie, Alan, and Derek—I mean, they have a real vision. You know, Alan, you talk to Alan about airplane design. One of the things he'll tell you about is the heads-up display and the struggle the airline industry had on going from traditional instrumentation for pilots to much more higher technology in the in the instrument panels. And I think Alan—it's been very interesting for me to watch because. It's not just Derek's vision or my vision as an advocate for the customer. You know, Alan, the whole team really embraced this. And if you had a different management team, it probably some of them would have said, "Let's wait until someone else does it." I think it's, I think it's the courage, the new courage at Ford to try to be more advanced in design, to to take on. I just like to say it, I have a fancy word for it, so if you have a better one, please tell me, because Alan always gives me a hard time. The democratization of technology, that's Ford's brand promise. Henry always believed that our greatest moment is when we bring something to the average person they never thought they could afford. And personal electronics, frankly, been doing it better than the car industry has for more than 20 years now.
0: Well, Jim Farley, thanks so much for coming over sure and you. talking with us all about what you're doing it for. It's been exciting to listen to you talk about how you got to where you are and where you're going.
1: Thank you very much, man. Appreciate the opportunity. Sure thing.
0: I hope you've enjoyed all these different interviews that we've done over the last two weeks here on Autoline Detroit, but we actually did more interviews, and we've got them posted on our website at www.autolinedetroit.tv. You can catch them all there right now. But for all of us here at Autoline Detroit, thanks for watching. We'll see you next week.